When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We did it, folks. We made it through another off-season. Next time you're here for me, I'm going to be in Bradenton, Florida for Pittsburgh Pirates Spring Training Baseball. Until then, we got one more off-season episode to knock out, so let's do it. Good morning, and welcome to the Pirates Podcast, to be named later, here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. My name is Alex Stumpf. Look, this team is different going into 2023. And that's why I want to list three reasons why you should be optimistic about this team. Because you can think, you know what, maybe the worst of the growing pains is behind this team. They're going to get better. See a commitment, saw some things that you liked, would like to see more players, you know, take that step forward. Like, yeah, yeah, this is an, uh, I'm more optimistic about this team. I'm also going to give you three reasons for pessimism because this is a team that has lost 201 games the last two years. That can't be glossed over. Maybe you feel a little of both of like, yeah, they'll be better. Maybe not, you know, Brewer Cardinal better, but better in general. That's generally where I fall on this. Cards on the table. I think this team takes a step forward in 2023, but not a big enough step that everyone's like, okay, rebuild's done. This team's a competitor now. But I want to just take a look at three reasons. Optimism, pessimism. We're going to start with optimism here. And the number one is this is a much better roster. Last year, first base going into the year, it was Yoshi Tsutsugo, who had been DFA'd twice the year before, had a six-week run with the Pirates, and I'll be honest... Check the stats. He was only good about the first month of that, and then he really fell off. Big wild card. It's like, okay, it's him, and if it's not him, it's probably Michael Chavis. And boy, oh boy, did they get bit at first base last year. Historically bad production out of it. So what do they do this winter? They get G-Man Choi. They don't stop. They get Carlos Santana as well. Those are two legitimate first basemen. There is a legitimate insurance plan there. One of them is going to have to DH, probably. But you know who else is in that DH mix and in that outfield mix? Andrew McCutcheon. No, he's not the MVP Andrew McCutcheon anymore, but he's still a good ball player. Rotation. Last year, Bryce Wilson, Zach Thompson, two guys who would get DFA'd were part of that opening man, five-man rotation. In their place now is Vince Velasquez. Yes, a wild card in all of this. And Rich Hill, a veteran. Maybe not the highest ceiling, but two guys that you look at, you're like, those are two guys. You're going to get some starts out of them. 
you're gonna get you're gonna get some quality starts here. And even if something happens where they get hurt or they don't pan out, you know who you have to fall back on? A Johan Oviedo, a Mike Burrows, a Quinn Priester, a Luis Ortiz. This roster is better. There is no other way to, to shape it than that. It is better than what we saw going into 2022. And I think you can really see that based on the number of people opening day 2022 that are no longer with the team. There's been a lot of roster transformation. And the difference is last year there was a lot of roster turnover, but who they brought in were a lot of wild cards, cast-offs from other teams. Guys are like, well, maybe he could be a fifth starter. Not saying that they there was some, you know, there were some wild cards on this team. But it's a lot more prospects who are, you know, considered once either top one hundred or Break in the top 10 for the organization. Or they're, you know, sound veterans that you kind of feel like you know what you're going to get production-wise out of them. Maybe it's not the greatest production in the world, but it's quality. It's something that last year, first base, I, I cannot stress enough how much of that was a, a black hole. And whenever I talked to Ben Sherrington, you know, in November, he's like, we got to solve first base. And I could... Probably count on one hand how many times he's used a word like solve <laughs> instead of like we got an opportunity, to, you know, to get better at first base. We got to get and like just acknowledging, no, we can't go into next year without real options at first base. And they did. And they added to the rotation something else they wanted to do. They added into the outfield mix, to the DH mix, to the bullpen. There's just a lot of smaller good quality moves that shore up the roster and lends itself that whenever these young players do come up, it's going to just strengthen even more. And that's my second point, the young players. Who is coming up in 2023? I hesitate to include Luis Ortiz on this list because I think we all got the, the nice sneak preview teaser. You know, like what, what is he going to bring to this Pirates team? I, I don't think he makes the opening day roster, but he's going to come up at some point. And even if he is more of a two-pitch starter than somebody who has that real traditional third, there's a lot to like. You don't see starters pumping high 90s in the sixth inning that often. Like That's a very low percentile of guys who can do that. He has starter stuff. Mike Burrows, if you've been reading along the last couple of years, you know I'm really high on this guy. I think he's going to be a major league starter. He's got a wicked curveball that has so much spin and drop. He's got a changeup that he has developed very well, and it's something that he's throwing even the right-handers right now. Fastball, he can locate it in the upper quadrants of the zone. I like him. Quinn Priester, do you need an introduction for him? How about someone else you don't need an introduction for? Andy Rodriguez. Arguably the number one prospect in this organization right now. He won't be in, on this team in opening day. Neither will Henry Davis. But they're going to come up. And whenever they do get that opportunity, boy, they're going to get going. I, I, There's a lot of work behind the scenes to make sure that these rookies have better footwork, better ready to, you know, a better understanding of what they need to do whenever they get up to the majors. It's all 
interesting. And there's one one caveat with all of this. It's when do these guys come up? Because I think we all know there's a super two elephant in the room. And until we see the pirates earnestly call someone up before that super two deadline. Not that there is a firm deadline, but the what it's expected to be. We can't really expect any of these guys till June. So it does lend itself to, okay, you're running with 130 the year plus, you know, 40 or so percent of this year without arguably the best 26 players on your roster. That can't be good. But whenever we get past that, whenever it's in June or July and most of these guys are up, I think you're going to see a different ball club. I think you're going to see a better performing ball club after the All-Star break than before, which when was the last time we could say that about the Pirates? Because you know what is also after the All-Star break? The trade deadline. And we have seen time and time again, that team just drop off in August because they lost a Quintana, an Adam Frazier, uh, of Richard Rodriguez, whoever it is. Like, it just drops off. They don't have to worry about that this year. I think this roster is going to be better and play better in the second half of this year because of the kids that will come up. The third is one guy, Brian Reynolds. He's still a pirate. And it's something that the organization said pretty early on. Hey, we're, we're not going to trade him. He's, we're a better club in 2023 with him, and they are. They are a better club in 2023 with Brian Reynolds than without him. I don't know what happens in the long term here. I don't know if he has traded this deadline, this offseason, whatever the case may be. I don't know if he's going to play out his option. If a long-term extension could come together, it's sure. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to go down that road at this moment. <laughs> but it's what is his future with this club? We don't know. All we know is he is going to be in Bradenton. He's going to be a pirate for 2023. The club is better having that type of guy in there. And I think we all kind of forgot that last year he started off a little slow. He had that slump at the beginning of the year. Like a full year of the the better, you know, what we saw 2021, Brian Reynolds. That's the best player on this team, if that's the case. That's one of the best outfielders in baseball, if that's the case. And this team needs elite impact players. And we could go through the roster. You know, there are some guys who I think can be those impact players. A healthy Hayes, where even if he's an average hitter with that elite defense, he's an impact player. O'Neill Cruz, potential impact player. Mitch Keller, Laronzi Contreras, David Bender, all of them can make a real impact and be some of the best in in the division at their positions. Now... They're really good. It's a deeper roster, like I said, but Brian Reynolds, if he plays to his ability, this team is a whole lot better in 2023 because of it. We're going to take a break. That's enough good feelings. Whenever we come back, let's, let's lower those expectations a little bit.
Welcome back to the Pirates Podcast, to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. All right, we, we went through three reasons for optimism. Now you can tell by the shift in the tone of my voice, we're going to pessimism. And number one is the lowest hanging fruit I could possibly give. This team lost 201 games the last two years. Two 100 lost seasons. And in 2020, they had the worst record in baseball. And I, I don't know how much you can really count the sins of that 2020 team anymore because hardly anyone is still on that, still here after that year. But we look at this roster, and there's still a lot of ground to be made up for them to even get close to competing. I mentioned first base, negative three ward last year. If Santana and Choi each produce about one war or so, that's great. No, not great, but you know, that's a reasonable expectation. And it more or less is a five-win swing for one position. That's good. That would elevate this team to 67 wins if they play at the same level as last year. That's still not a good ball club. And yeah, we can look at some other areas like, hey, O'Neill Cruz could take a step forward. Hayes, Castro, you know, who they brought in the rotation. But whenever you add that all up, isn't enough to get 20 wins. They need to improve by 20 wins to have a winning season. And not saying winning seasons are the goal, but I think that's the... Whatever you have four in like 30 years, that kind of becomes the, okay, no, that's, a, that's an outlier. That's a really good year for this Pittsburgh ball club. When does that happen? I don't see this team being that improved that they're going to make such a huge leap that they are competitive or maybe even that good. Because if this team improves 10 wins, which is a lot, that's still a 90-loss team. My prediction I've thrown out a couple times is 75 and 87. That's a 13-win improvement. That, In most circumstances, that's a really good year. I think most people in Pittsburgh at this point would take a 13-win improvement with this club, but that team is still, at best, third place in a really weak division and not even close to competitive. And that's also ignoring that, hey, they lost 100 games the last two years. You don't do that by accident. That is based on the roster. And yeah, it's improved, but has it improved that much? I think even the most pessimistic people would say this team is not built the same way they have been the last two years. But, and, and then, but blank. However you want to fill that sentence out. You could do it yourself there, but blank. And it's like, well, that's why they're not going to be that good. Second is the bullpen. Part of this team that I look at and if things click, it could be a good unit. But if it doesn't, things get ugly. Because we saw what happened last year whenever some of these guys got hurt. Whenever you stack a Bednar and a Holderman and a Yuri De Los Santos injury on top of one another, and it, it just... There are so many waiver claims in that bullpen because there was no one in AAA to fall back on. There are so many 
okay, we're giving the ball to Eric Stout in the seventh inning. <laughs> Let's see if this works out. Like that, that could at least be erased a little bit. But Ben Nard's been hurt for a, a decent chunk each season the last two years. Holderman was hurt in his first year as a reliever. De Los Santos got hurt. Everyone besides basically Chase DeYoung, you know, and Will Crow. DeYoung had a short IL stint. Crow had a short IL stint. But basically everybody else spent time hurt. And DeYoung and Crow, two guys who showed some really good stuff in middle relief, and not really that much whenever they got into the ninth inning role because of those injuries. So do they have the depth? Because if everyone is healthy, yeah, sure, this is a pretty good bullpen, I think. I think Ben Nar, uh, we saw him. He was an all-star last year. And not only was he an all-star, he was arguably one of the best relievers in baseball until that back started acting cranky in, in Tampa Bay. Holderman. Boy, there were a lot of people excited about Holderman in this organization. Like coaches, players, like they were like... This guy is going to be really good. And yeah, he has some stuff and approach that can make him a really good pitcher. Setup man even. But he was hurt. What happens if they go down at the same time? Or if even really either one of them goes down? Do you feel confident enough to go to Moretta? To Selby? I really like Selby. But I, I, I wouldn't want to throw him into an eighth inning role, you know, coming out of the minor leagues. There's some really big question marks with the health of this bullpen. And if they're not healthy, I don't know how good they can be. This team does not have a lot of depth in the bullpen at this moment. And it's unrealistic to expect seven or eight relievers that, you know, seven of, seven of them are always going to be healthy. You just can't expect that. So what happens? Whatever that happens. The third is, man, just baseball itself. There's probably a better way of phrasing this, but just baseball itself. The way that the structure of service time makes it advantageous for the Pirates to keep an Andy Rodriguez, a Henry Davis, a Quinn Priest, or a Mike Burroughs, a Luis Ortiz in the minor leagues to start the year because, yeah, they could still develop down there for a bit. And if they do, well, we gain another year of control down the road. All of a sudden, you're not playing with the best team you possibly can for a good chunk of the season. And we're not... <laughs> we could add more to the... It's baseball. Like, we can talk about the finances and, you know, the... the the overarching guy that a lot of people like to <laughs> complain about. We can talk about how this team is still in a division where there are two teams that absolutely clobber them. Even if they play them less often this year, you can't deny that the Cardinals and the Brewers have just been bullies for a long time, especially whenever the Pirates go on the road. You can't discount the fact that this team is always going to be viewed as somewhat of an underdog. Like, even whenever they went into, like, 2015, 
and they had back-to-back playoff berths and they rattled off 98 wins for most of the year, they were considered the underdog. You can't shake that. And that makes it tough to say like, yeah, yeah, you got to be really optimistic about this team because what have they given you the last X amount of years outside of 2013 to 2015 to be like, yes, this is the team. This is a reason to baseball spring, spring training, hope springs eternal. But there is always that over lingering, like there is a boogeyman that needs to be conquered. That has very rarely been conquered over these last 30 years. And is this the team to do it? We've seen the teams that have done it. This isn't the 13 team. This isn't the 14 team. This isn't the 15 team. It's a team that maybe in a few years could be, or maybe even next year, be in that playoff discussion, depending on how these young players develop in the major leagues, how they make that jump to the major leagues, what sort of commitment is made to this roster next offseason. But for 2023, I don't blame anyone who has a show me first and then I'll believe it attitude. And that's been a problem for decades. And the few times that the Pirates have been able to overcome it, there was a different vibe. There was a different roster in place. There had there were more impact players in place. This team is heading in the right direction. Whenever I say pessimism, you can think this team is heading in the right direction. But just accept, like, look, I'm looking big picture here. I've looked at how this has gone the past couple years. I can't ignore this team lost. A hundred games for the second straight year last year. I can't get too invested in it right now. I don't blame anyone who shares that opinion or has that opinion. It's the what the Pirates are going to have to conquer for this team to be a competitive ball club. Baseball itself is the third reason for pessimism with this team. There's just a lot they got to overcome. And this might not be the team quite yet to do it. There could be players on this team that could be part of that team to do it. But right now, there's a lot of ground that needs to be made up. And they're playing with a they're playing with a semi-stack deck against them. We're gonna take a break. Whenever we come back, my preseason pick for this year. I guess I should have qualified pick for this year as in World Series. I'm saving that for whenever the you know season starts right before then. Pirates pick for this season. I have them in third place in the NL Central in 75 and 87. I brought that up. I'm gonna go into why here, just a little teaser. I see more production out of first base. I see Cruz, Contreras, those type of players, Castro, taking a step forward. I see a healthier Hayes being able to contribute more on offense. I see 
Ryan Reynolds still on this roster. All those things, I see a lot of small additions to this team. Small areas where they get better. And after a while, it's just like that just adds up to a lot. First base is going to be the biggest swing, you know, like being historically bad to even average would be an incredible swing in their favor. That they never have to go to Josh Van Meter after he doesn't touch first base and be like, well, go out there again, I guess. We have no one else left. There's improvement there. There's improvement on this roster. I see him taking a step forward, maybe even a bigger step than some other people are willing to say, but just, I think this team's better. Not good enough to be 500, not good enough to compete, but better. And depending on how the Andy Rodriguez's and the Quinn Priesters and the Henry Davises and the you know all those young guys, I, I can't list off every single one every single time, but what they do whenever they come out, maybe 2024 is a year where they make a more serious push. This year, the push was very much, we got to get better. Next year, the push has to be, we got to be great. There is a, that's the biggest tough. That's the biggest, toughest jump in professional sports. Going from bad to okay, it's a, is the same technically distance-wise as it is from being okay to great. But oh my goodness, is it so much harder to go from okay to great. I see this team making this jump from bad to okay, which is still a big part of the battle. Thank you so much for listening to the Pirates Podcast to be named later. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our channel. Get all the great shows that you love. We're all here. Wherever you find fine podcasts, we're there as well. Thank you so much for watching or listening. Am I really going to end this episode on a, on a mistake? Yes, I am. We'll talk again next week. <laughs> <laughs>